Hey pros, Lou Santini here. They're running out and half off. No amateurs, men's and women's t-shirts. Normally $22.95, now just $11.48. The men's tees are a soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in sport royal blue. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the Waving American flag set at the top. The women's tees are a lightweight, super soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in royal blue. And are fitted. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the Waving American flag. T-shirts just $11.48. Please add $6.95 for shipping and handling for all orders inside the U.S. Spend $50 or more and your shipping is free. Available at lucantini.com slash shop. Be a pro. Say no to amateurs and order your half-off No Amateurs t-shirt today. Warning. The podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. It's Amateur Nation with Lou Santini and... I am the man. We call attention to and call out the amateurs. The people who are doing life wrong. The speed bumps of life. The people that are in your way every day. The unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills. And are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation, it's not just a podcast, it's a movement. If you're going to lie to me, tell me there's a broad waiter in the car. I want to tongue my ball. No lies on this show, just facts, common sense, logic, and plenty of sarcasm. This is episode 225, Liars and Whiners and Pears. Oh, my. As always, fans first, shouts out to Oliver Miles Homeward and the Dan Andrews Experience and Patrick listening and commenting to the show on SoundCloud and Joe13Jones subscribing to my YouTube page, at Lou Santini. Here comes your post of the week, this one from The Captain, a.k.a. at SGRSTK. Here it is. A fact is information minus emotion. An opinion is information plus experience. Ignorance is an opinion lacking information. You know, I've been asked this question in person and on social media. What makes a topic topic worthy on your podcast? Well, it's quite simple. I read something or hear of something or something happens to me. And if I say to myself, there it is, that's it. There are dozens of amateur things of significance happening locally in my country and around the world literally every single day. But mainstream media and other social media angles cover them thoroughly. But if I sniff out the amateur angle right away, if I see one of the 30 truths about amateurs as found in my book being obvious and apparent, I jump on it. If I read something and I start shaking my head, that's always a good sign. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Perhaps you'd better start from the beginning. Topic number one. All right, from the title of this episode, Liars and Whiners and Pears. Oh my, first the liars. This topic, it's a little surreal even for this show. Here we go. Former Fuji's rapper Praz Michel was found guilty of colluding with China 
and clandestine foreign influence campaign scheme and gets a 20-year sentence for witness tampering and acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. Why do they do that for? Because they're stupid, that's why. That doesn't look good on a job application. Hang on a second, wait. I'm I'm having deja vu. Uh, Who else do I know did that? Was it my mom? No. My ex? That, That sounds like something she would do, but no, it wasn't her. I know it wasn't me. Oh, wait, I remember. It was President Coloring Book and his crackhead son, Hunter. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. Except neither one of them have been found guilty of treason. Yet. The article says, a federal court in Washington found rapper Proz Michel, I hope I'm saying, I think I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name right, former artist for the Fugees, guilty on Wednesday for colluding with the Chinese government. The Grammy-winning artist and former member of the Fugees faced multiple counts over the failed conspiracy to help Malaysian businessman Joe Lowe and the Chinese government gain access to U.S. officials, including former presidents Barack Obama and Donald Trump, reported CNN of all news media outlets. Michelle faces up to 20 years in prison after being found guilty of conspiracy to defraud the U.S., witness tampering, and acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. The article says prosecutors had alleged that Michel funneled $800,000 that Lowe paid to him in 2012 to get a picture with former President Barack Obama. Michel gave the money to Obama's campaign through a series of straw donors. Federal prosecutors say that uh, Michel distributed up to $21.6 million of Lowe's money to some 20 straw donors who then donated the money to Obama. The straw donors were U.S. citizens employed to make the donations to shield the fact that the money actually came illegally from a foreign donor. Michelle is alleged to have been paid $70 million by Lowe to affect the donation scheme and other services he provided. Michelle has been charged with 11 criminal counts of trying to influence the Obama and Trump administrations. All right, am I oversimplifying this? Or would it be easier to audit his tax records and or bank accounts and say, okay, where did you get this extra $70 million? I have the government up my ass for its measly tax money that I supposedly owe. This guy has been paid $70 bucks since 2012, and he's just now in trouble? Uh, but don't worry. Pras Michel has a legitimate excuse. The article says, Michel claimed that he used the money at his own discretion and did not follow Lowe's orders. I could have bought 12 elephants with it. <laughs> did you did you know the average cost of an elephant is $5,833,333? Bye, caramba! Actor Leonardo DiCaprio recently testified that he found the money in donations to Obama's campaign surprising. Yeah, I know when someone gives me money to perform a service or do a job an amount like, oh, I don't know, $70 million, I usually just buy what I want and don't expect the buyer to ask any follow-up questions. DiCaprio said it was a significant sum, something to the tune of 20 to 30 million. He said, wow, that's a lot of money. Now, according to CNN, Lowe approached Michelle again in 2017 when former President Trump's administration began investigating his alleged role in billions of dollars being embezzled from 1MBD, the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund. According to the prosecutors, Lowe directed over $100 million to Michelle to help push the government, including Trump, to drop its investigation into Lowe. 
noted CNN. Prosecutors also say Michel advocated for the extradition of a Chinese dissident, Guo Wenggui, I'm guessing I'm saying that name right, on behalf of the Chinese government. The article continues saying, Michel, however, testified he only tried to help Lowe find an attorney in the United States and only told authorities about Guo because he thought he was a criminal. The former Fuji's member also said the $100 million was for a media business he was starting, and the investment wasn't from Lowe. Lowe, who frequented Hollywood circles, is believed to be in China. Okay, so you got $100 million. Where'd you get it from? How hard is it to ask that question? Michelle's attorney, David Kenner, said the case will be appealed and called the verdict disappointing. We are extremely disappointed in that result, but are very, very confident in the ultimate outcome of this case. If we do move to a sentencing hearing, I remain very confident we will certainly appeal this case. This is not over. I'm sure it was just a big understanding. It must have been a different famous rapper who worked with the leader of a country for years and committed various treasonous acts to the tune of, what, $70 million, $100 million? You know, all this makes you wonder... Just how many other celebrities work for China? <coughs> Bron James. And now this. Topic number two. And now, from the title of this episode, The Whiners. From the Daily Wire, here's your headline. There's not a place for me. Yellow Jacket star won't compete for Emmy because of gendered acting categories. Diverse is good, right? Here's the article. Yellow Jacket star Liv Hewson. Okay, shut up. All right, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you want. Said the actor won't compete for an Emmy Award for the role of Vanessa Van Palmer on the hit Showtime series because of gendered acting categories. The 27-year-old Australian actor said there was not an available category that would fit, opting instead to simply bow out of this year's primetime Emmys despite being eligible in the main acting races, Variety reported. There's not a place for me in the acting categories, Hewson said. It would be inaccurate for me to submit myself as an actress. It neither makes sense for me to be lumped in with the boys. I can't submit myself for this because there's no space for me. Help, help, I'm being repressed! Hewson is probably best known for the role of Abby Hammond in the Netflix series Santa Clarita Diet. At the age of 16, Hewson came out and announced the actor was non-binary and went by they, them pronouns. Oh, and I thought it was called Who Caresness. Can you imagine being 16 and you want to be known as they? I mean, I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone besides myself, but I do know what the other 16-year-olds were like in my high school. And it's all about being an individual while at the same time you want to be accepted by your peers, right? You want to be normal enough and regular enough that I hear she's fine, but enough where you're like, you still have your own sense of style, your music taste, or things like that. But to just shut down any he, she, like I'm a they, you were just looking, you would be just looking to get your ass kicked back then. My No Amateurs tees are half off due to limited supply and sizes. Under 12 bucks? 
Well, you can follow me at Truth Social at LouSantini3, Instagram at Lou.Santini3, and on Getter at LouSantini. And the same thing for YouTube, where every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursdays. Uh, when we come back, technology sucks. And I'll give you a solid example why on topic number three next. We'll take a three-step. Three-step. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement. The 30 Truths About Amateurs. The Four Stages of Being an Amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by amateur nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition. Available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Hi, pros. Lou Santini here, host of Amateur Nation. My dry bar comedy special, Amateur Nation, is now available. And just like this show, if you're allergic to a lack of common sense in today's world, and you like your comedy delivered with uncompromising tell-it-like-it-is bite, then check out my half-hour comedy special, Amateur Nation. Go to drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. This is my way of saying thank you to the pros who listen to this show every week. Drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. Topic number three. Hit me! Ah, technology. Making our lives easier, faster, more convenient, better. Take, for example, TV. I'm not talking about the myriads of choices we now have compared to when I was a kid back in the day. When I was a kid, we had three good channels and one channel that came in kinda, sometimes, depending on the antenna and the weather. I'm talking about the simple act of turning on the TV. So I present to you... How to turn on the TV in the modern era. Or, when did turning on the TV take 12 minutes? I now take you on the journey that is now turning on your television. Step one. Choose from the wide variety of remotes you have. One for the TV, your gaming unit, the streaming box, surround sound, etc. Chances are the one you need isn't within eyesight. Check under the couch and between the cushions. Oh, wait, there it is, on the kitchen counter for some reason. Step two, turn the TV on. Or is it the device? Whatever, turn something on. Step three, go make a sandwich. Your TV is warming up, or as they call it in today's modern era, buffering, so it can start streaming sometime whenever it feels like it. This is like when TVs warmed up the tubes, like back in the 1950s. Ah, progress. Step four. Now that your sandwich is made and probably eaten, it's time to start watching TV. Now select a streaming service. Step five. Now that you've selected a streaming service, choose a network. Back in the day, it was simply NBC, CBS, ABC, and later Fox. Now, thankfully, there are hundreds of networks to choose from, and they all come with Plus Networks, Paramount Plus, Peacock, 
HBO Max. Don't forget to choose the version without commercials. Think of the time saved, not the money spent. On your remote, push the home button. Hit it again. No, you, you, you gotta aim it. Point it at the thing. Step seven. If you have no results, check the batteries. Summon all your non-dominant hand and a knuckle thumb strength and try to slide the battery cover off the remote. Roll the batteries around. If that doesn't work, take the batteries out, switch the order of the batteries, and try again. Step eight. Get up off the couch and walk over to the streaming device and point the remote directly in front of it. The light has to come on. There you go. Step nine. Throw the remote. Make sure it hits something hard enough so the batteries pop out, but not so hard as to break the remote. Step 10. Spend three to five minutes looking for the batteries on the floor. Chances are they rolled under something narrow and dark. Step 11. Now that you've chosen a network, choose a TV show. Step 12. Now that you've chosen a show, adjust the volume as needed. Don't hit the wrong button. Whoops! You're back to the home screen. You'll be tempted to kill yourself. Instead, pop in an old DVD of a movie you've already seen. Remember DVDs. Alright, a few things off the a la carte menu. Let's dive in. And the winner of the 2023 Redundancy Awards goes to Kamala Slingblade Harris. Here she is with broad, swooping hand gestures. So, I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future. How much weed does she smoke? You fucking fool. On this show, we've covered people identifying as members of the opposite sex, people inventing their own sex, people identifying as cats, AKA furries. And now, ladies and gentlemen, meet Horace. A young person who is clearly a woman, but is playing pretend, identifying as... Well, let her tell you. My name is Horace, and I'm a red-tailed hawk. In our world, I do have the body of a hawk, but while fronting, I consider myself a Therian, because I am in a human body, but my identity is still a hawk. Not all animal alters will identify this way, and I am, in fact, the only animal alter in our system who does identify this way. I am doing my best to come to terms with living in a human body. P.S. She's wearing glasses. Hawks have perfect eyesight. Worst hawk ever. Dylan Mulvaney, the man making a good living pretending to be a girl, said this. Like the articles written about me using key pronouns and calling me a man over and over again. And I, I feel like that should be illegal. See, that's odd. Someone in amateur nation is guided by their feelings. He went on to say that referring to him as a man is bad journalism. Actually, it's the exact opposite as good journalism reports facts. 
So if in regular conversation I jokingly say to my girlfriend, dude, do I go to jail? If I tease my male friends when they short putt or throw an air ball in basketball and call them Nancy, do we bust out the cuffs? What if I get a woman's name wrong? Jail? What if I go to a carnival and the carny guesses my weight wrong? And now Dylan Mulvaney is the spokesperson for Maybelline? But he wasn't born with it. Maybe it's make-believe. I got no more use for this guy. All right, we cover the liars, the whiners, and now the pears. Remember when Bill Hitler, I mean, Bill Gates just made computers? Yeah, me neither. He's gay now, if that makes you feel any better. Well, I don't have any intel on that, but the world's only father to yet have never seen a naked breast now devotes all his time to poisoning humans and killing us off. The very people who bought all his computers. The Noiv! Well, that's the most fantastic story I've ever heard. How can you make up a thing like that? What do you know about it? I know, we pay him money for computers just so he can later poison us with the untested gene experiments, and now his latest science experiment, coating produce with chemicals so they last longer. It's a coating that will not wash off. It forms a delicious barrier of edible material on the skin or peel of fruits and vegetables. Mm -mm. I love delicious edible coating. Oh, that sounds about as appetizing as uh, as a, pie, a big pie, a plate of, of dirt or something. So if you see a sticker on your pear that reads appeal, A-P-E-E-L, put it down, get a different pear, and find another store. Although anything endorsed by the World Economic Forum can't be all bad, let's all chant their magic phrase. Abracapasta. No, 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 no. It's you will own nothing and be happy. Every week I find three things that are done right. They are called pro things. Here they are. Number one. Now last week I played part of a speech by Republican Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Here's yet another clip from that speech calling out the globalists' New World Order Marxism at the Heritage Foundation's 50th Anniversary Leadership Summit. Take it away, Josh. And that brings me to the second part of my story. The growing threat from within. The great awakening. The Soviet Union lost the Cold War. Thank the Lord. But Marx, Karl Marx, no, Marx lived on. He lived on in the English departments in American universities. He lived on in the law schools of American faculty rooms. And in places like that, a new Marxist ideology took root that trashed American society as fundamentally oppressive, systemically racist. You've heard this. It's, it's all over the news now. It is the fashion of the Democrat Party. This new ideology began in American academia, but soon, over the course of years, spread everywhere. And I do mean everywhere, like a disease. First, the student radicals in the late 1960s, then faculty members, governance organizations. Now it's infected our businesses, our self-proclaimed elite class, our media, certainly. Now, this virus found a welcome audience in those places because they revised Marx to suit their own ends. You don't hear a lot about fighting economic oppression from these people. No, no. This is about a cultural revolution. That's what the new Marxists are interested in, fundamentally transforming American culture. They decided that Marx was, you know, only half right. Economics isn't destiny, they decided. No, actually, culture is destiny. That's what the new Marxists say. And they don't like American culture. They don't like our history, which they say is systemically racist. 
They don't like our institutions, which they say are too tethered to Christianity. They don't like the family. They don't like gender. They want to fundamentally transform this nation. The cultural Marxists are now in power. I don't have to tell you that. All you have to do is turn on your TV. All you have to do is cross the bridge into Washington, D.C. You'll see it everywhere. They run the Democrat Party. They run the Biden administration. Have you been watching who Joe Biden is nominating to be judges in this country? I mean, I, I sit on the Judiciary Committee. I have to tell you, judge after judge after judge. These are people nominated for lifetime appointments. Ask them what they think about this country. Look at what they have said about who we are, that our criminal justice system is corrupt to its foundations, that we are riddled through with racism as a nation, that we should apologize for our past and our character. It is the reigning ideology. This is the new Marxism. It is the reigning ideology of this administration. And it is the greatest threat, I believe, to this country in any of our lifetimes. It is the greatest threat in any of our lifetimes. Now you can see and hear his full remarks on YouTube. Number two. In my opinion, I think people are seeing the EV hoax significantly faster than they saw the pandemic and COVID hoax. I saw this reposted by Zenta O'Boy on Instagram, but later I found it everywhere. Listen to this audio of Andrew Boyle. He's the first vice chair of the American Trucking Association, speaking at a Senate Environment and Public Works hearing with Senator Kevin Kramer. He's a Republican from North Dakota about impacts of the Biden administration's unprecedented push for widespread electric vehicle adoption, including its ever-stringent proposed vehicle emission standards. Here it comes. Just so we're clear on the scale of the issue, each electric vehicle battery for a heavy-duty truck weighs 8,000 pounds, and you need at least two of them. So we're talking the weight of, you know, four or five cars. And our, my friends and peers in the industry nationwide who have tried to make efforts to put in, say, hey, I'm going to convert a dozen forklifts to electric, or I want to tee up a facility for 30 electric trucks. There is no power. The utilities come back, the cities come back and say, is this some kind of joke? One friend tried to put in, in Illinois a, uh, a facility, tee it up for 30 trucks electrification. The city came back and said, this is some kind of joke. You're asking for more draw than the entire city requires. And just to give you an idea, 30, 50 trucks, that's like a five, six megawatt application. The factory that makes the trucks is a two megawatt factory. Now, these are facts. You can't refute facts. Don't worry. China will provide and take away when they feel like it. Number three. Now, last week I played an audio uh, an audio drop by a woman whose Instagram handle is at Living Life Like Alex, and she was slash is fed up with men essentially replacing women in sports, in ads, and in life. Here comes Fox's Megan Kelly, and she's equally fed up. When you say she, are you talking about a woman? Yes, she's a, a real woman. Play the clip. I started off being like, I understand. I have empathy for you. I will use your pronouns of choice. You know, I'm not going to say you're a woman, but you're a trans woman. And now I am realizing that all of those things are gateway drugs to the co-opting of female sports and the word female and the word woman and breastfeeding and childbearing and menstruation, all the things 
that are under solidly the list of what is a woman. And I'm really done. I'm done. I, I, there is no such thing as a, a, somebody who's born a biological man who is secretly a woman, who, who can become a woman. At best, you are a trans woman. And even that I'm wrestling with. I really am. I don't even really understand what that is. You're a trans person. You're really a biological man who's got some gender confusion issues, and my heart goes out to you. But you're not a woman. You, Dylan Mulvaney, you put on a dress. You, you take a bunch of estrogen to grow something that approximates baby breasts. I don't know what those are. That's, that's not what a, what a woman is. You'll never be a woman. You can have the surgery. Dylan says they're getting bottom surgery. Go ahead. Have your penis chopped off. You're still not a woman. Getting a surgeon to cut a hole down there doesn't make you a woman. You don't know the first thing about being a woman. You have no idea what the average woman has been through the course of her life, the challenges we have, the beauty of being a woman, the softness of being a woman, and you never will. You're never going to have it. doesn't matter how many surgeries, doesn't matter how many hormones. And I'm done engaging in this fiction, Paul. I'm done. I have empathy. I have compassion. But I am not willing to abandon truth in the name of sparing feelings. I know if I was a woman, I'd be fed up. My Drive Art Comedy special is called Amateur Nation. DriveArtComedy.com slash L-O-U-S. A no amateurs tea coming your way if you contribute to the show. My email is lou at lucantini.com. Subscribe to at Lou Santini on YouTube. Follow me on Facebook at Lou Santini Entertainment. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. Remember, amateurs, we see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big major production. My name is Horace and I'm a red-tailed hawk.